Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. What the heck is going on in Cleveland with the Browns? Hey, welcome to the show, Maggie Gray, Andrew Perloff. It is Maggie and Perloff on CBS Sports Radio. Perloff, you know there's like a famous t-shirt that exists that has like all the list of the Browns failed quarterbacks. No, no, I've not seen that one. Yeah, it, How do you fit all that on a, a t-shirt? I think it's two sides. You know, I think it's, it's double-sided and it's like Colt McCoy, Brandon Whedon, Jason Campbell, Brian Hoyer, Josh McCown, uh, Cody Kessler, you know, Deshaun Kaiser. And just like, it's this laundry list of all of the failed quarterbacks from the Cleveland Browns going back, you know, over a decade. Just add Deshaun Watson's name to the list now. And this one has a lot of levels to it, and it will definitely be the most painful of all those quarterbacks who have not panned out for the Browns. So Deshaun's hurt now. Clearly, he's hurt. He's not going to play against the Seattle Seahawks, right? Right. So the mystery around this shoulder injury is one that this is the first level here because there's several levels to what's going on. In my eyes, the first level is Deshaun is hurt and the messaging to not just the media and the fans, but also the team, I think, has been off a bit. You've uh, heard earlier in the season when Deshaun tried to give it a go against the Ravens and then couldn't throw the ball and drive the ball in pregame warmups. And then they went to Dorian Thompson Robinson, the rookie, and he got absolutely creamed. There was a quote that came out after that teammates were aggravated because they thought that Deshaun was playing, you know, that they were under the impression that Deshaun was going to play, and the fact that he didn't left them aggravated. Right? Wait, a, a player said that? There were players, unnamed players, who said oh, that Oh, unnamed players, It was okay. Jason Lloyd in The Athletic mm. who had that report. So you, there are levels here. The first is that there's been mystery around the shoulder injury. And how bad is it? How bad did it get re-injured against the Colts? Why are they calling it day-to-day if it's actually something bigger? And how much is Deshaun going to have to manage this throughout the year? Then there's the second layer of this, which is Deshaun hasn't been playing well. And that's going back to last year when he finally got on the field after the suspension. And now this year, although I guess you could blame it on the injury, he has not looked like the quarterback that we saw in Houston. Right. I mean... Obviously, early in the season, he was starting to get it going. It's starting to roll. And then before the injury, he had like one of the best games. But this is yeah. not what you were expecting when you trade all those first-round picks and you give them all this money. So the first level is that what's going on with the shoulder now This and the messaging and, and all the mystery around it. The second level is that he really wasn't playing all that well. And then the third level to this is is that this is the guy who the Browns really stuck their neck out for. 
I mean, you cannot have the Deshaun Watson conversation without having the bigger conversation. It's always going to be part of it, which is this guy was being accused by 20 different people of conduct that the NFL's investigation called egregious and predatory, okay? And they traded for him and traded a King's ransom and then gave him the $230 million guaranteed. With that comes an expectation that you are going to be the best player on the team or you're going to lead the team. And this is a team now that's being led by defense in the running game. And they're good enough to be a playoff team. They're four and two right now. And yet nothing with Deshaun is gone as they'd hoped. Well, I mean, yeah, let's, let's be one thing is clear though. Against Tennessee, he was, he had a game where he was 27 for 33, 289, two touchdowns. Like they were starting to figure it out. Okay, it looked that's amazing. One game. Yeah. Then he got hurt. Out so, of, but that's one game. Out right. of how many has he played? Well, 10? so he's clear. 11? He was rounding back into shape, and I think everyone in Cleveland got so excited that, that he was raising the bar. Of course, we now know that Tennessee was probably not a very good team, <laughs> yes. but Deshaun looked perfect in that game, and the whole thing was clicking, even with no Nick Chubb. And I, he's obviously hurt. You saw in Indianapolis, he had five passes, and all of them looked off. So I, I think the scary thing here. Is it's a shoulder injury, yep. which is you just don't know. You could see in that in the five passes he threw. Ooh, it's not there. He can't drive the ball. There's no zip. It's uncomfortable. I think if it was any other quarterback who had a shoulder injury, we would be much more lenient. But I do, and I understand the reasons. I think there's a lot of skepticism for two reasons. Yeah. One, Deshaun because of his background, people do not trust this guy. Yeah. And second, I think the Browns, we don't trust them because, because of years of, and I think you're hinting at that, yeah. like what's going on with the Browns? They, they're not clear communicators. It doesn't feel like they're ever on the same page with their players and their coaches. So I totally understand the skepticism. But if this was a functional team and a quarterback without a riddled pass who had a, a shoulder injury, wouldn't we be much more lenient and say, well, I understand so-and-so just needs time to heal? Well, I think so, but... That's assuming a lot, and we've seen none of that. Like, yes, yeah. if this was a functional team and this was a quarterback who had proven a lot in the league and didn't have these other things surrounding him, then, yeah, maybe like, they would get the benefit of the doubt. But none of that has happened. It has been, like, mixed messaging. You know, he is getting paid more than anybody, which ultimately raises the bar on anyone. And he also has all this stuff in his background. So it's like the perfect storm. Like, why did we ever think this was going to work? You know, the Browns can't draft a quarterback, although Baker Mayfield, we'll see what he does tonight. But the Browns have had trouble finding their franchise quarterback. So what do they do? They change it up and they throw all the money in the world and all the draft picks thinking they were going to solve this problem. And it's so far from solved. Like, this is just another quarterback that's going to go in those graveyard of quarterbacks that happened in Cleveland. Uh, I think it's too early. My... I understand what you're just talking about. Yeah. I just think it's way too early because we have seen games where Deshaun has it going and that quarterback is still there somewhere or could be still, still there somewhere. They're four and two, right? And he's week to week. What if he gets healthy by the second half of the season? I know that's hard to do with a shoulder and they're in great play. As you mentioned, they have a great defense. This guy could lead them to the playoffs. Listen, That's very realistic. And, I know he's not really leading them. It's really going to be the defense. Sure. But if the Browns get to the playoffs, then I think they're actually quite satisfied with the way things worked out this season. Even though the money is crazy, yeah. they didn't pay that money because they wanted to pay $230 million because five other teams were knocking at the door offering a boatload of money to Deshaun Watson. So they had to pay it. They weren't the only ones to pick this formula. So I think if they get a playoff berth, I just don't think this criticism is going to remain. Well, we'll see because you're right. Like, it's also now a guy with a shoulder injury. Yeah, that's and, that's true. And that's like 
maybe the worst thing for a quarterback. Uh, definitely. I mean, maybe Aaron I... Rodgers' Achilles is probably pretty bad, but like that's the last thing you want. And so is there a tear in there? What's going to happen? Like what would make me think that this isn't just another lost season with Deshaun? So that's two now. I, I understand the 11 that. game suspension and now this one, which is, you know, teetering. But do you kill a guy for getting hurt? It's not about that. I think it's it's no, of course not, right? You don't kill a guy for getting hurt. A- absolutely not. However, it's just again, there's levels to this. So the organization gets criticism and Deshaun gets criticism again, not for getting hurt necessarily. Unless you think he is not like protecting himself, taking care of himself, unless you you think a guy's putting himself in harm's way. I don't necessarily get that view with Deshaun. But he hasn't looked good even when he was healthy outside of, you're right, that Tennessee game, which on the other side, Ryan Tannehill was abysmal in that game. Yeah. There was nothing on the other side for Tennessee. But scored three points in that game. I think the there are enough signs to show that Deshaun Watson, if he was healthy, could have some success here. It's a tough division. So he's always going to face certain challenges. I, t- I understand what you're saying. There's reason to be skeptical. And it does seem like there's different communication coming from the team and the quarterback, which is always the first sign of things are not going well here. Yep. The team seems to be sending a message saying, hey, he's healthy. And he's saying, I'm not healthy. Never a good sign. Never a good but sign. But I got to tell you, I almost, have, I almost have as much doubt about the Browns as I do about Deshaun Watson because I don't know what, what do we think has changed over the last 10 years. There's a reason there's such a long list of quarterbacks on that shirt, not all those quarterbacks were as bad as I think they played. I think there's some organizational dysfunction as well. No doubt. And so think about it, right? So you have the organizational dysfunction that's always kind of existed with the Browns, right? Some teams just can't get out of their own way. And now you have a guy who also doesn't have the trust of the fan base or anyone, quite frankly, right? You have people in the media, former football players calling him out for saying, you've been cleared. This is Brady Quinn, uh, LeVar Arrington on their show recently. You're saying you've been cleared by medical doctors. We're so conditioned now in this play-at-all-costs NFL that if you're cleared, you're playing. And that hasn't been the case, but the Browns kind of made it seem like it was up to Deshaun and he chose not to play. Then they had to walk that back. My question is, there's this dysfunction. To be fair, they're winning, so they're 4-2. and But, like, who do you think has the power in this organization now? It's Deshaun. Mm. Like, who do you think would ultimately pay the price if this season goes off the rails? It's going to be the coaching staff. Like, we talked about this going into the season. We thought Stefanski was on the hot seat. And other other coaches, maybe not Jim Schwartz. He seems to be doing a good job with the defense. But, you know, coach gets fired. You never know what's going to happen. Like Deshaun is the guy who nobody trusts and he's the guy with the most power in the organization because they gave him 230 million guaranteed. That's true. But Deshaun, a 70% Deshaun is not going to help Kevin Stefanski either. So if he says, I, I don't feel confident throwing this ball, they're going to get killed out there. Is Would you want, you saw Deshaun against Colts, who was one for five. Yeah, he looked bad. Did they get better when P.J. Walker came on the field? Well, P.J. Walker's completed like 50% of his passes. It's but, like, I think the defense probably takes on, maybe they have this mentality all the time, yeah. where they realize, like, we've got to win the game for us. But I think they had to get Deshaun off the field. Well, I and mean, he also may have had a concussion. They were yeah, evaluating him for that. Yeah, I, I didn't think that was such a controversy. That's the other thing. That was clearly a concussion. I don't know how he cleared in-game for that. His head did a double bounce off the field. So I, I was surprised that people were mad that Deshaun didn't go back in or something or criticizing the team for not putting him back in. P.J. Walker, you're right. He's not, he's not lighting up the air. No. But he made enough plays to keep a certain drives alive 
to keep Cleveland in that game. They had to go with him. And honestly, this week, I, I think P.J. Walker is better than a 70% Deshaun because Deshaun in those passes, he was thrown one landed five yards short. You can't have a quarterback who's not confident. That's what, that's a key to playing quarterback. I get it. But again, like we've been conditioned, I think, and this does no service to Deshaun, but we've been conditioned where guys playing 70%, guys playing banged up, guys playing with broken ribs and bad ankles and all that stuff. The starter, especially if you think they're a high-level starter, is still a better, mm. you know, still your better shot than a backup quarterback. That's at every position except quarterback. The whole movement in the NFL is protect the quarterback, protect the quarterback, protect the quarterback. Yeah. We don't want them at all injured. I don't know. You want maybe want your middle linebacker to get it out. Do you want your quarterback with a shoulder problem to go out there and possibly make it worse? If you're a Browns fan, do you really want to see Deshaun out there right now? Or would you say, we invested so much in this guy, let's make sure he's 100% so he doesn't tear up that whole shoulder? Well, then probably put him on IR. Like, see, that's the double That's the double thing here, where if you're that worried about him and about whether or not he can play, why was he out there to begin with? No, it's a good point. Like, why did he even start against the Colts if he's really that compromised? I, I understand trying to give it a go, trying to gut it out, I guess. But if, he, if you really are protecting him, he shouldn't have been anywhere near that game. Well, there's this thought out there that you can look good in warm-up, but when the pass rush is coming after you and you have to contort your body to make yep. a pass, then you're like, oh, wow, this is way worse than I thought. That's the thinking. I'm not saying well, that that's definitely true. Let's th- let, And let's call it what it was on those first two drives. It seemed like he was seeing the rush before the rush even yeah, got yeah. there. No, right. It, it's in his head. Right. Yes. The confidence is not there. And I listen, this is not a good situation. I'm, no. not, I'm not trying to say this is perfect. This is all bad. Everything you said, I, I totally agree with. Deshaun has the power. Stefanski has no power there. But that being said, it's just such a tricky spot because if he goes out there and makes that little micro-tear, quote-unquote micro-tear worse, then this $230 million investment is paying off even less because shoulder surgery, we might not see him till week five. So I honestly, I get in there, and if it's my star quarterback, I'm rehabbing him till he's really confident he's not going to get hurt again. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Is this Deshaun Watson... Uh, era, I guess, going to end just like all the other ones in Cleveland. Disappointing quarterback play. And this one's going to be the most painful. Well, here's the thing. he He's not going anywhere. So we're not anywhere near the end. All those other guys they could cut. They can't do anything about okay. Deshaun. You're totally right. They are backed into a corner with this one. But think about it. Shoulder injury doesn't magically get better. So at some point, well, he's probably going to need some kind of right. surgery or something. I'm speculating now, obviously, wildly. Yeah. But if he does need a surgery, then you're talking about a rehab that's going to take a while to build the strength back up and more missed time. But lots of quarterbacks have come back from shoulder surgery. It might be, I I have no idea, but you get the sense that this season, like, would you be shocked if we came in one day and they announced Deshaun Watson's getting shoulder surgery? I would not be shocked by that. So then you get next year. That's the thing. He's going to have next year to be, be good again as well. I know, but... You have such a good defense right now. It yeah, feels like it yeah, would be a waste yeah. of an opportunity. You're sitting at second place right now in the AFC North. You got the luxury uh, in the division of, you know, slow start by the Bengals again. You have an opportunity here, and you got this all-time great defense, and it could be a waste. 855-212-4CBS. It might just not be able to realize its full potential. 855-212-4227. You get a healthy Deshaun back next year. Let's hope Nick Chubb comes back next year. It is better. Yep. And you have Miles Garrett. It's not. It's probably not happening this year anyway. 
But you got three years of this Deshaun experiment. It's unlike Derek Anderson and Brady Quinn yeah. and Brandon Whedon. Those guys lasted two years. So I, I do think it's a little premature to say this will never work because they have all the time in the world to figure this out. It will always be something. You think it so? You think so? Be something. Man, it's hard to argue against that because it's, there is 75 years of history working against, uh, it's against the Browns. It's always something. It's always something with this franchise. 855-212-4CBS. This one they really made their bed with, though, with Deshaun. 855-212-4227. Let us know what you think. Give us a call. We also have our top five list gas station snacks and beverages, which you can find right now on Maggie and Pearl on Twitter. We're a versatile show. We go from quarterback injuries to Cool Ranch Doritos in the drop of a hat. It's that kind of versatility, I think, really sets us apart. 855-212-4227. Coming up, the one NFL team we may have overestimated. Get to that. Don't move. Maggie and Pearl off CBS Sports Radio. Tonight's Thursday Night Football Preview is sponsored by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. My Bills host the Tampa Bay Bucks. Me and Bogish think the Bucks have a chance to stun the Bills while Perloff realizes the Bucks are indeed coached by Todd Bowles and Baker Mayfield is the quarterback. So Buffalo, a slight eight-and-a-half-point favorite on FanDuel. Well-written, Pete Pilati. Yeah, um, an injured Baker Mayfield, and you saw it at the end of the Atlanta game. It can't move. Oh, my gosh, the Bills' front line is going to feed on that dude tonight. Uh, I know. predict it's much like the Raiders game. It is going to be a... Bills always, when, they, when they're 10-point favorites, they always blow out the other team. It's a blowout. Tonight. Okay, well, they were just like 8.5 and 9.5. And and they were 8.5-point favorites against uh, New England and lost. They were 14.5-point favorites, I believe, was the final spread against the Giants, and it took a, a blessing of a no-call from the Bills' side of things to win that game. I, I, I'm not excited going into this one. You want to know why? Because there's like a... Um, 45% chance that maybe the Bills get themselves back on track in this game and start to look like the team that is a competent, functional offense and the defense can hold up despite the injuries. And then there's another chance that they look terrible again. And then you know what the storyline is going to be tomorrow. More fraudulent Super Bowl team, never capitalized on the window, can't win like this, coach on the hot seat. Like, they put turn in another bad game it's going to be people pouring even more dirt on the Bills than they already are. I'm just curious, though. How is Tampa Bay going to move the ball? They they can't run the ball. Mike Evans has given up on football. Baker, <laughs> may, well, actually, he's okay. He's playing yeah. to be – they might highlight him so they can trade him. I'm telling you, Baker can't move at all right now. This is this is setting up to be real bad for the Bucks. Just not this game. This whole season is – you can see it getting off the rails already. I know, but where Baker is in his career right now, it's not like, oh, he's the guy who's got to be Superman for this team to win. Like, they don't feature Baker like that. They should be able to find a way to win How? without what? him. They can't – Not without him, but, like, without him having to be perfect. What? What's the other option? How else are they going to win this game? I, run I, the ball? Like, run the ball? I think the Bucks are also – they might be getting into a seller mentality – uh, so who knows if these guys are even going to be there for long. If the Bills, you're right, if the Bills can't win this game, then it's real oh, crisis. It's beyond panic. Time. Tampa Bay on a short week coming up to Buffalo, that would be completely inexcusable. Although I think it's supposed to be unseasonably warm today. I mean, it's 80 degrees in New York City today, just about. I don't. Can we check the, the weather in Buffalo? I, I think we need a mini show bet on this game. And, I, and since you're so worried they're going to lose, I will take a, the money line here. Uh, how about this? If you, why don't you take the spread? 
No, because you're you're worried they're going to lose the game. I am worried they're going to lose. See, the game. I, I think that's this is the one. I would one, take the eight and a half. This is the one game on your schedule you do not have to worry about them losing. That's the game. what everyone said about the Giants, and yeah. that almost was disasterville. It was disasterville, even though they narrowly won. I'm telling you, this is the one. This one you can. You don't even have to watch tonight. You can go to bed early. You have. You can totally relax, Maggie. This, I was thinking this about is not, not watching. Is this that is not the threat of a game, <laughs> Maggie? Maggie, he's doing it to you. Yeah, he's I know. No, no, no. I'm not joking. Honestly, yeah, I bet know. on the Bucks last week, and they, they, they got so lucky to stay in the game with Atlanta, who's also terrible. I tell you, this is not short week. Tampa Bay and Buffalo. Why is it only eight and a half? That is an insult to the Bills. No, this is this is going to be. I, I'm thinking about not watching. It's my job to watch along with the fandom. If I was not a fan of the Bills, I'd really think about not watching. I or if I was not doing this for a living, I would think about not watching. By the way, uh, for weather tonight, um, around kickoff, it should be 66 degrees and cloudy. Dude, that's perfect condition. Oh, Tampa should be fine in that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's no. not. It's not just the weather. They have to travel up to Buffalo. It's a rabbit travel home. Travel to Buffalo. It's like a, a three-hour flight. <laughs> Less. It's a two and a half hour flight. That's, that's, there's no time zones being changed here. They're not playing this one in Munich. All right, then we got five on one. Let's let's set some odds. Who's got the uh, Who's got the Bucks winning that outright? I just think you guys are talking pretty tough nobody. about this game. All right, I See, mean, I'm worried. I'm I'm extremely worried. They've played like dog crap the last couple weeks. The Bills. That that is very true. This is the one you can relax. But this is what we did on Monday. Maggie and I are concerned big picture about the Bills. Yeah. And all we said about this game was that it's losable. Yes. And you've run with the idea that they are that we think they're going to lose tonight. I don't think they're going to lose tonight. I think it's very possible that they, they could lose. lose. Yes. Yeah, see, I, I understand what you're saying. I don't think this is really losable. I just can't see the scenario where Tampa Bay pulls this out. I mean, I couldn't see how the – I didn't even think the Giants should have gone to Buffalo for that game. <laughs> they said, you know what? We're beat up. We're going to lose. Let's yeah. all save ourselves wow. the time. And the Giants almost won that game. But it's, some people were like, oh, they got Tyrod Taylor. That's a that's a game changer. I mean, when you upgrade a quarterback <laughs> significantly, you have to admit, of course, Daniel Jones t- would have won that Buffalo game. Buffalo Bills fan that Tyrod Taylor is a game changer. I don't know. It feels a little, a little, a little unfair. Okay, there's yeah. one thing. We, we Tyrod to- is in the Bills Hall of Fame for quarterbacks. Are you crazy? Yeah. Are you kidding me? The five of us. One thing we have to agree on like you don't want to face Tyrod Taylor Maggie said it herself no. she did not like that news one bit I feel like half the stadium was kind of secretly rooting for him he's the quarterback who broke the 17-year <laughs> playoff draft. yeah yeah <laughs> everybody loves scored three points yeah uh but yes but, no, uh, I'm but extremely nervous I'm not jinxing him like you guys jinx the Phillies I uh, I like the Bills it's the Mets that I hate much like the Phillies I don't I, they're one of my favorite AFC teams because they're not in the same division same conference as my team you want to know what nice. else is is the bummer about the last couple games is this, they've just been excruciating too mm. because against the Jags obviously the Giants game and then against the Patriots well the Patriots and Jags they had these like furious comebacks in the last couple minutes to try to tease you like they were actually going to pull the game out and then they didn't that that's the worst part. I'm living in my own personal hell. You know, Let's it might get to it might even be worse. What if they blow them out and you get false hope again? That that's what. Uh, oh, thank That's you. what really so, crushes a Bills <laughs> great, fan. Great, great, awesome. There's a lot of cool things happening with this game. Bogus, what do you got? Uh, I've got Victor Webinyama. Not even the best rookie on the floor in San Antonio last night. That was Derek Lively. 16 points, 10 boards off the Maverick bench. Neither though as good as Luka Doncic. Doncic, one-on-one with Vassell, five to shoot, and four and three. Stop and go, stop and go, steps back for three. Got it! Oh, yes, indeed! 
Yes, indeed. Timeout San Antonio and the Mavericks with their biggest lead of the night with 28.9 seconds to go. Shaw Cooperstein, Mavs Radio. Luca putting the finishing touches on a 126-119 opening night win in San Antonio and on a 33.13 rebound, 10 assist performance. Impressing Greg Popovich. That was average. What the hell? This is a Hall of Fame performance like he does almost every night. He was great. Kyrie wasn't bad either. Kyrie had 22 six assists, but back to Wemby. He dealt with foul trouble all night, finally scoring nine points in the fourth to finish with 15. Toughest things for a player is you get into foul trouble and you never get in a rhythm and you're in and out of the game and that sort of thing. So I thought his maturity showed even at a young age where he came in with the last, I think, seven minutes and just play. We ran some stuff for him. He executed uh, where a lot of guys would have been totally out of it by then. Checking on the other rookies, Scoot Henderson, 11 points. The Blazers, 123-111 loss. The Clippers, Brandon Miller scored 13 as the Hornets beat the Hawks, 116-110. The Pacers blitzed the Wizards, 143-120 <laughs> to begin their season's 143, the most points in game one in Indy history. Such a ridiculous score. Yeah, and, and it's such a non... 43 to 120. What was it? 120? 143-120 in a completely <laughs> nondescript game. Like There's like no highlights from this game nothing. either. There's so many points. And no one had an obscenely high-scoring <laughs> game. They just shot 53%. Wizards played no defense, and that's it. We watch a lot of NBA. I mean, EJ watches a lot. Maggie, you love the NBA. I'm not sure how many Pacers and Wizards <laughs> I can name. I know they gave yeah. Denny Avaja an extension, which I could not believe. But mm-hmm. that is, those are two kind of no-name teams. Like, right. how they get to 143? We got the Obi Toppin debut in Indiana. So, Knicks fans are all, yeah. all uh, two already, people. already complaining about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Obi Toppin's in Indiana. <laughs> First I've heard of this. <laughs> Me too. I saw somebody post, like, a windmill dunk from the preseason. I'm like... When did he stop being a Nick? <laughs> uh, you have Matherin and who is he? Uh, still on the team, the tall guy. Who's the leading scorer in that game? Was it Corey Kispert? I don't even know. It, it was uh, Bruce Brown had twenty four. Get out of here! Yeah. Wait, uh, no. Who? Miles Turner is he still on the the Pacers I, after EJ. all these years? No, no, he's gone. He's still on the team. He's still on the no. team. Yeah, he had, he's he been had, on he the had, trade block for for a decade. <laughs> They've been trying to trade him forever, but they can't. And he, he had eleven points last night. How did Dillard Shrimp play? <laughs> he, he's definitely long retired. Okay. Uh, there actually was a Rick Smith's uh, uh, reference on the broadcast last night on the Wemby broadcast because he's a good free so? throw shooter. Oh, no, no. I'm sorry. They were talking about Porzingis was a good free throw shooter and like other good big men who were free throw shooters like Rick Smith. Wow. It's like, yes. <laughs> Spicy. <laughs> So uh, that game was 143-120. He had a 19-point lead early fourth quarter, then didn't score for the final three minutes, only beat the Pistons 103-102. Jimmy Butler, 19 points and 13 boards. And for the first time since 2000, the Cavs win on the road on opening night, thanks to Donovan Mitchell. Mitchell out front, unloads a three ball. Bullseye! Bullseye! Donovan Mitchell! Mitchell unloads a bomb and buries it! Cavaliers up 114-113. And that would be the final in Brooklyn. Mitchell scoring 10 of his 27 in that final period. The highlight from Tim Alcorn on Cavs Radio. Uh, Before night two of this new season, the NBA announced in the All-Star Game returning to the East-West format. No more fantasy draft and no more Elam ending. They'll play four full quarters. Oh, that's dumb. The Elam ending is great. It's the only thing saving that game. 
I would I would agree. East West, I'm fine with. I thought that actually was that was better in reality than I thought it was going to be. So I would have kept that. It was great. It's yeah. like the first person, the first team to score a certain amount of points, not just like waiting out the clock while everyone half asses defense and just dunks on each other. Even if it was an improvement, was it enough to get people to watch the All Star game though? or compete in it? And the answer still is no. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, heaven and earth's got to move before people are going to watch that All Star game. But the draft, the All Star draft, became interesting because Giannis picked Damian Lillard number yeah. one. As a sort of precursor to the free uh, the trade, yep. so maybe the draft and the behind the scenes drama was something to, to care about. The fact that LeBron kept picking Steph Curry every yeah, year. like yeah. you could send messages with that draft. I do get it. I remember, you know, I'm old enough to remember when the East West was meant something. Like, yeah. Uh, Magic Johnson and Larry Bird. I, I maybe this might be making it up, but didn't they go at each other and try and win that game badly? If you ever watch, I, I, one thing I've I've done in the past is I've actually seen people post clips from like a 1992-93 All Star game, yeah. and the amount of like hard fouls that, yeah. <laughs> that yeah. are played, like they played a real game. Like it wasn't it wasn't like it was Game Seven in the NBA Finals, but like there was like pride on the line, yeah. and it was a real basketball game. But also, to, probably like, Michael Jordan was involved, who de- doesn't know the difference between a pickup game yeah. and <laughs> Game Six of the NBA Finals. <laughs> Michael Jordan's whole. Like origin story of the I took that personally kind of started with an all-star game. It started with Isaiah Thomas allegedly getting the all-stars to freeze him out yep. of the game. Yeah, that's true. And apparently we've got James Harden pouting because he wasn't an all-star last year. So like apparently he's yeah. the only one that cares about the all-star game. He would, he would care about yeah. an all-star yeah. game. That's, yeah, that's on brand. Championships? No, no thanks. I got Sorry, did you guys see the Michael Jordan commercial last night? That yeah. was sick. Was that in France? Yeah, yeah, so Zion Williamson is at a museum dunking the ball in France, and Michael Jordan comes on the scene. That was an amazing I commercial. I think there were also like 20 other NBA and WNBA people in that commercial. It yeah. ends up becoming like this big ensemble, but yeah, then Michael Jordan walks in. And everyone, like, whoa, and he's yeah. here. He still still has a lot of swag. He looked cool. And he definitely walked in. It's like a pickup basketball game in France, so like let's just ex- in a French museum, so let's just expand our minds of what's going on. And then Jordan walks in a suit. Why yeah, is he it, wearing a suit? But it wasn't just a suit. It was Miami Vice style. He yes, had a T-shirt on, a t-shirt and it underneath. worked. <laughs> you might as well push up the sleeves like Don Johnson. Are yeah. these things he couldn't do as an owner that we're going to start seeing more of him? Oh, I that's a good That's question. interesting, but I kind of doubt it. He can't appear in a Nike ad as an owner. I don't like him. Could, could, could he appear with other NBA players? Right. Yeah, like, Luka's, be Luka's in this. Oh. Jason Tatum's in this. Like, There you go. Yeah. I mean, you know how much he makes every year from Air Jordan? Was it fifty million? Something. I think it's more. I think it's more than that. Yeah. yeah. I thought. It, I, okay. I'll, I'd believe any number. You could have said five billion. I'd be like, well, that's squares. Yeah. Uh, some much needed good news, by the way, guys, for Philadelphia. Jalen Hurts and that knee issue from Sunday night do not appear on the Eagles' injury report. But Tyreek Hill has developed a hip issue since that game. He did not practice with the Dolphins yesterday. 74-year-old Dusty Baker retiring after three seasons and one world title in Houston. He leaves with the seventh most wins all time, the fourth most postseason victories. The Mets reportedly have permission to interview Brewers manager Craig Council. The Guardians would like to chat with him as well. Council's current deal is expiring. Remaining in Milwaukee is apparently a possibility. And Alex, uh-huh. and Alex Ovechkin, empty net goal, capped off the Capitals' 6-4 win in Jersey. And last night were the MLS wildcard games. The New York Red Bulls, a 5-2 route of Charlotte FC. Then Sporting KC advanced past San Jose on PKs. New York and KC now play best of threes with top-seeded FC Cincinnati and St. Louis City, respectively.
Back to you guys. Uh, we are seeing now CBS Sports Radio, the official handle of uh, our show and the station, in the chat. Thank you, Kep. Uh, 256.1 million last year is the number. Oh, for, for Michael Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I mean, no wonder he doesn't care about it, whether he owns the Hornets or not. He's got <laughs> oh, plenty going well for him. And that goes back to the beginning, right? Wasn't that the whole thing? Like, they wanted a piece of sales from day one? Every shoe. Yeah. That's what we saw in the movie Air. Uh, uh, yes. The Ben Affleck, Matt Damon movie. But then when he started his own brand, it was probably even a better deal. Right. And all those athletes in the commercial, are they just Air Jordan, not Nike? Because there's yeah. a split. Yeah, you can't be both, they're right? Jordan brand. Yeah. So, and and I know Tatum is famously Jordan brand. Is Zion Jordan brand now? Yes. He's been so. Jordan brand. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting that the drama in Zion's personal life went away, and now he's in Nike, every Nike commercial. Interesting. Yeah, no, they got that. They got rid of that chick. <laughs> somebody, yeah. somebody quieted that chick. The NBA has a certain degree of power. Nike's a different thing altogether. Yeah. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> if they're going to feature Zion, Zion's not going to be in any trouble. I mean, I think that woman's the first woman to be like banned from Twitter. <laughs> Elon yeah. Musk's Twitter. I know, like every horrible dictator in the world can be on Twitter, but like this chick had to get off. Yeah. <laughs> and then you see Zion with a bunch of French kids doing a 360 at a museum. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> yeah. They, they actually, the Nike executives are like, don't put out a craft service or any kind of thing. We got to keep oh, Zion no. healthy. Uh, the sneaker companies have more power than any general manager. Oh, it's not even close. Now, I think that's one of the issues with the NBA is guys like James Harden make $300 million from Adidas. Yeah. He's not going to listen to any team. He's going to be about James Harden. They become sort of sneaker brands in addition to being players. And meanwhile, the NFL, one guy finally gets a guaranteed huge contract, hurts his shoulder. We're mad at him because he's not going out there. NBA <laughs> players NBA players are double dipping in the hundreds of million dollars every day. It's like, I'll play 40 games if I have to. 855-212-4CBS because Adidas is telling me to. 855-212-4227. Bogus, thank you so much. Coming up, we have, oh, yes, the one NFL team we did overestimate. We should get to that in just moments. Don't move. Maggie and Perloff. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Yes, Sports Radio. Welcome back. Maggie Gray, Andrew Perloff. 
Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. So we've got a kind of scary situation. You'll see the headline and it will say Brock Purdy's in concussion protocol now after experiencing concussion symptoms on the flight from Minnesota back to San Francisco. Ooh. Like, put yourself in that in those shoes. You're 30,000 feet in the air, and all of a sudden you get concussion symptoms. What's that? Puking, view, yeah. dizzy, dizziness, blurred yep. vision. So that's weird. But anyway, it's still a possibility that he could play this week. However, Sam Darnold is now being kind of prepped that he could have to take over the responsibilities here. And I think high level, I think we got a little over our skis here on the 49ers and just how potentially perfect this season could play out for them. Mm -hmm. They were so good in the beginning of the year, but there was no chance, Perloff, that they were going to be able to sustain the kind of injury health. First of all, nobody does in the NFL. And secondly, the 49ers definitely don't. So I think we got a little ahead of ourselves when we talked about the 49ers as like, you know, a runaway Super Bowl favorite and just how incredible they were on defense and offense. You knew there was going to be adversity. They're hitting it right now. They've lost two in a row, and now Purdy could be out. Yeah, but on the other hand, you can make the argument last year they suffered injuries, and then they pulled off 10 straight wins at the end of the season. So they can find a formula to get hot. Now, this game is kind of funny because the Bengals are desperate. They're 3-3. Three and three. They got off to a slow start. And the Niners, I... I don't think they care as much about this game. That sounds it's out of conference, and they're trying to get healthy. They don't have Debo Samuel, so I I'd be nervous about picking the Niners here. But big picture, they have shown last year they showed they can adjust. Here's where you and I differ in a large way. What's that? Sam Darnold can carry this team to some extent. I just because of the way they're set up, they're set up to support the quarterback. So Brock Purdy, even if he can't go, I think that they have Sam Darnold and I believe Brandon Allen is the third string. Those guys can win enough games that this injury does not panic me. And I understand they look bad without Debo a little bit on Monday night. But I just think that last year they proved they can win with anyone at quarterback. And I still think that formula holds true. Okay, you're a big like Vegas odds guy. Yeah. They changed significantly when Purdy, the concussion Uh, came out. So they were, what, a a six-and-a-half-point favorite against the Cincinnati Bengals, and then it dropped to, like, three-and-a-half, which is wild. That's a huge swing in gambler parlance. How are they a a six-and-a-half-point favorite over the Bengals? That's... That's probably before Monday night's game. I am shocked by that. So, and I'll disagree with you about not having, like, that the Bengals might have more of an urgency here than the 49ers. I understand what you're saying. Of course, the Bengals have some ground to make up in the AFC North. But you're the San Francisco 49ers. You've lost two in a row. So, yes, you're five and two. But if you're trying to get home field advantage for the playoffs, you now have the Eagles who are above you and the Detroit Lions who are above you in the standings. This is now based on they both have twin records, but the Lions are above them now in the standings. So I I think this is going to end up being a dogfight here. And, of course, no team wants to have to go on the road. Look what happened last year when the 49ers had to go on the road to Philadelphia in the NFC Championship game. Purdy got hurt. Uh, absolutely true. The Eagles, though, have a brutal, brutal schedule coming up. So I, I don't think that story's been written yet. They go to five and three. They get hot at the end of the year. I mean, <clears throat> we saw it last year. If Purdy or Darnold, Darnold gets in there, give him five games. There's so many weapons, Maggie, that they can eventually find a formula. There's also a rumor Jake Glazer is really close to John Lynch said they might trade for another wide receiver. Last year, they traded for McCaffrey. The story has not been written of this 49ers season. They can reload midseason and be very dangerous. 
I think you're going to have, I mean, how many wins to get the number one seed? Do you think you're going to need more than 13? I think you're, it's going to be around there, 12, 13. So I think the Niners, even if they lose this week, can get to 13 wins, 13 and four. The Eagles, I think, are not going to get to 13. And then you have Detroit out there, too, coming mm. off a very humbling loss, obviously, to the Ravens. Well, now that Minnesota has figured out how to run Brian Flores' defense, I think there are some losses. I, I don't see a strong, strong favorite in the NFC. I, I think the Niners can be okay here. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. So, yes, uh, the 49ers... And we know we have a lot of 49er fans listening. It's early in California right now, but we know they're that, they're out there wondering how nervous they might be feeling because here's my thing about Darnold. <sighs> Watched a lot of Sam Darnold over the years. It's not good. Yeah, but where was he? He was in New York and he was in Carolina. You know who else hasn't been good in New York? Everybody. <laughs> well, and Carolina's even worse. Okay, but there was a lot of that. Yes, was on the team, but there was also a lot... That was on Darnold. This guy can sail a pass, the easiest pass. I, I, I get a little worried. Even if they're not going to ask him to do, you know, be Superman, you still have to be able to execute. And Darnold has a penchant for turnovers. Again, has a penchant for sailing balls because in the moment, like what do they? What does everyone say about Brock Purdy and why he's so good? It's not because he's a super athlete. It's not because his arm strength is elite or anything. It's the processing and the decision-making in the moment. That's something you can't teach, right? I, I, maybe to a certain point, the quarterback either has that or can develop that or they can't. And Sam Darnold's been in the league long enough. I think there's enough evidence he's not great processing. I think the coach can help him. The coach can make easy reads. If you think your your quarterback can't go three reads in, then you make sure that there's something that he can do immediately. And Kyle Shannon's presumably one of the top two or three play callers here. I'm telling you, if anyone can fix Sam Darnold, it's going to be him. We've seen a lot of guys who just have to get to the right place. Geno Smith comes to mind. Give him a chance. I'm not saying Sam Darnold's going to be a pro bowler like Geno Smith. Right. I just think the bar is really low for the quality. Just don't run any plays where Sam Darnold's going to be throwing – uh, you know, has to go to third read, 25 yards downfield. Okay, and you know who's going to love to feast on that? Lou Anarumo and the Cincinnati Bengals defense. I mean, you can't be that one-dimensional and think you're going to beat Cincinnati. That's why this is a tough game for the Niners. That's <laughs> why I'm saying, you know, and also they miss Debo Samuel in a huge yeah, way. Do. So McCaffrey's practicing. If I'm them, I kind of, I, I might even like give this game up and not play McCaffrey the entire time. If things start to go badly, but they're still favored, by the way, and they are at home. So we'll see. 855-212-4CBS. Ramon is in Indianapolis. Hey, Ramon, how you been? Hey, how you doing, Maggie and Pearl? We appreciate y'all. Good commentary. And Pearl, I'll tell you, you're a consummate, you're a consummate uh, fan for your people. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm just, I guess I'm a little bit of a person who just wants to see uh, different people. And Frisco just gets all this hype every year. And, they haven't been to the Super Bowl since, oh, man, I'm sorry, they haven't won a Super Bowl since 1994. Yeah. I mean, they're getting all this hype. Philadelphia at least won one in 17, went last year. I want to see Frisco finally do something. I get tired of Shanahan this, and please don't tell me you got confidence in Sam Darnold. He got ran out <laughs> of Carolina who has nothing down there right now. You have to be bad. <laughs> run out of Carolina. What about that one, Maggie? I mean, Thanks. Ramon, I'm, right. I'm, I'm, I'm there with you. Just watch 
we've all watched a lot of Darnold. Obviously, he was, you know, had he was great at USC. He's a good dude, too, from all accounts. I mean, he handles losing extremely well, professional, never let it get to him, at least outwardly. I mean, he handles himself like an absolute champ or terrible circumstances. He's clearly mentally tough. It's not about that. It's about the processing the information when he's on the field. I don't know if he's good at mm. that. Yeah, I just think that was also a function of the Jets. He, you don't have to be... Well, to Tom point, Brady. And the yeah. Panthers also were just like, meh. Well, come on. That did you watch that Panthers team? And Panthers are once again screwing their quarterback by having no talent around him. But Sam Darnold actually had okay stats with the Jets, believe it or not. I mean, he had his second season, he was nineteen touchdowns and thirteen picks. That's equivalent of what? Forty five touchdowns and four picks of a normal <laughs> team. <laughs> I was gonna say, I do where not, are you going with that? You know, my guy Kyle Shanahan's compared Sam Darnold to Steve Young earlier in the preseason. I think that's not doing Darnold any favors either. Well, the point was Steve Young was terrible until he got into Bill Walsh's system and then he figured it out. I'm not saying Sam Darnold's going to become a pro bowler. All you need to do is not throw two picks and throw for 200 yards and you're giving San Francisco a chance to win in every game. So if you think he can't throw into coverage or he can't read the field... Just don't make, don't let him read the field. Just do simple, simple plays. I'm telling you, then you're making it too easy on the defense. Um, Man, all of a sudden, I want what you're doing. I de- I desperately want to see Sam Darnold now, <laughs> just to see this experiment play out. Because Purdy might come back, right? It's possible. Um, a- apparently, he's able to do Brock Purdy. That is, is able to kind of do these walkthroughs. Yeah. So if you're able to do the walkthrough. Would you also be able to do to play in the game? It's just very rare. Adam Schefter, I believe, tweeted this yesterday, right, EJ, that there's only been two guys who have ever been in concussion protocol and then actually played that same week. Yeah, the last guy to do this was last season was uh, Kenny Pickett. Yeah. And it's it's a rare thing. It doesn't happen very often where a player goes into concussion protocol during one during a week and then plays that same week. Especially this is a short week too. Yes. Because they were playing yeah, they Monday, play night, Monday night. Now they're gonna play put Sunday. It on Tuesday. Yeah, right. All right. Give me some Darnold. <laughs> I know. I love Brock. I'm a big Brock Purdy fan, but Darnold would be you know, well, we gotta make a consensus here. We gotta figure out who's right, you or me. The other part too is if Darnold is great, let's just say he balls out. Yeah. Eh, it puts a little dent in the Brock Purdy story. Well, it's not like we haven't seen the Niners jump from a quarterback to quarterback. <laughs> they, they have no problem doing that. I know, but that's that. like some of those quarterbacks were so bad, like C.J. Beathard and Nick Mullins, that when Jimmy Garoppolo got there, he looked like Joe Montana. Not everybody can run the system. 855-212-4CBS. Want to hear from you 49ers fans. Nervous at all. 855-212-4227. Coming up, got the best team in college football. Turn our attention there. Don't move. Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T Mobile.com. 